in that vein, I wanted to introduce our next speaker, uh, who is Dr. Uthman Latif, uh, who has a doctorate uh, which specialized in the merits of uh, Al-Quds, of Jerusalem, and uh, the poetry from the periods of cru the Crusades here, has a book that's very much on that same uh, topic uh, called The Cutting Edge of the Poet's Sword, which uh, I've read and is a wonderful piece of scholarship. Um, and finally, he has a forthcoming book, inshallah, on empathy and conflict, which I'm very much looking forward to reading. Now, uh, before uh, Dr. Latif's talk, the lesson that I extracted from Timothy Snyder's book is lesson number 16, which is learned from peers in other countries. He says, keep up your friendships abroad or make new friends in other countries. The present difficulties in the United States are an element of a larger trend and no country is going to find a solution by itself. So inshallah, what Dr. Latif is going to be speaking about is how we make ta'awun, how we cooperate with other groups within an Islamic guideline, within Islamic principles, you know, because we talk about uh, ideas around intersectionality and so on and so forth within a social justice world. But I mean, what does that mean from, from our perspective as, as Muslims? You know, how do we build that cooperation and those alliances? Uh, Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Allahumma salli ala Muhammad wa ala ali Muhammad. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. In, in 1975, Muhammad Ali was uh, invited to give a speech at a Harvard graduation ceremony. And so during his speech, he was, uh, he was asked to read a poem, because of course Muhammad Ali was also a great poet as well as being a great boxer. Now we know of course that, as Brother Arthur mentioned in the beginning, that Donald Trump is a great fan of poetry because of, you know, the, uh, what is the snake? It's in fact a repurposing of a poem that had nothing to do with anti-immigration. Oscar Brown, the, the author of the snake song, was not a poet, and his song had nothing to do with anti-immigration. It was a repurposing of that, uh, of that song to an anti-immigration poem. Uh, what made Muhammad Ali's poem was not this, uh, the, the, uh, the, the, the genius nature of the way that he stole the idea and repurposed uh, a poem or, or, or a narrative into a poem. It was not that. Muhammad Ali, when he was asked in 1975 to read a poem at this graduation ceremony of these clever individuals, he composed and said perhaps the greatest, the shortest poem in human history. The shortest poem in human history, made of two words and two syllables and four letters with a full rhyme. He said, me, we. That's it. And that's his poem, Muhammad Ali, 1975. Me, we. It is that sentiment of me, we, of myself and togetherness that is a motivational element, the factor, the, the stimulus, the impetus for all of these remarkable cases you see of, of rescuing. In any case of turmoil, whenever you have turmoil like a genocide or a mass murder, disturbance, social disturbance, you usually have four groups of people emerge in society. You have the perpetrators of that, you have the victims of that, you have the bystanders of that, and you have the rescuers of that. 
the rescuers are always the, the minority people because it requires courage for you to break away from the mold and do something different than other people are doing and to say something and to, to be somebody different, uh, to challenge the status quo, to be a rescuer is something remarkably unique. Muhammad Ali was saying, me, we, meaning myself and you, myself and togetherness, we don't live on this planet alone. And Allah in the Quran, he says, subhanahu wa ta'ala, وَكَذَلِكَ جَعَلْنَاكُمْ أُمَّةً وَسَطًا We made you a middle nation, so you would be witnesses over the people. We do not live alone, isolated. We live together in communities. And it is in that community spirit. If you look, for example, what happened in uh, Bosnia yesterday, we, we reflected back on those horrendous days of rape, mass rape, and mass murder, and genocide, and killing, and indifference, and the most severe of cruelty. We look back on that yesterday. There was in Bosnia the element of the Kumki uh, Satu, if I remember, and that was in fact a Turkish word for neighborhood in Bosnia, Turkish word for neighborhood. And in Bosnia, in fact, you had far fewer cases of people who would break from the mold and decide to rescue it. Far, but you still had them, nevertheless. You had small cases of individuals who tried to do something to rescue people who were suffering who were, or victims of injustice and killing and mass murder and rape and everything else. In the Holocaust, in Albania, you had examples of the Bisa. The Bisa was an ethnic and ethical code. Ethnic and ethical code of... Of, uh, of fulfilling the rights of others, the Bisa. And so Muslims of Albania, for example, when the Jews came as refugees into Tirana, the capital of Albania, they moved them out into the rural areas, the countryside, so they could find safety away from the Nazis. They did something to rescue people, to save the lives of others. In Rwanda, amazing, 94, amazing. 1994, the genocide in Rwanda, up to a million people killed in 90 days. Hutus on the run on a hunt for, for Tutsis. But the Muslims were like 4%, 3% of that country. But they realized, hold on, we don't live alone. We have a human, Muslim, Islamic, social responsibility to be there for others, to look out for others. And so amazing, in, in the first case you had the the Kim Kisatu, you had the, uh, the case of the, uh, the Bisa in Albania, and in this case you had Tabhiya. Mufti Salih Habisama in, in Rwanda gave this call to all the Muslims in all the mosques in the radio stations. Your role today, when you're seeing something as horrendous as this campaign of torture, of execution, of lynching, lynching, hacking to death, mass rape, mass murder, it's, just, it's to remember that you're a Muslim. And when you're a Muslim, you have a choice. Either you would be on the side of dhulam and injustice, and that is that is to place something that doesn't belong there. Or you have a choice to be on the other side, on the side of those who are thinking about akhirah number one, Allah divine accountability. Allah will ask all of us, what did we do in that situation? But then to also remember that we have human beings living amongst us. Human beings, victims. Whether they're Jewish people in the ghettos, or whether they're Tutsis on the run from the Hutus, right? They are human beings, and we have responsibility towards them. And Allah made us an ummah of witnessing unto others. Now to be a witness, of course, does not mean that you're... Uh, 
your, your passive. It's an active and activated response to be a witness unto others. That means you would try and put yourself, number one, empathetically in that person's situation. What does it mean to be that person? Perspective taking. But more important than that, of course, because we don't always get it right in that respect, is to try and alleviate that person's suffering, to alleviate that person's troubles and problems. In, in the life of our Prophet, وسلم, he was 20 years old, 20 years old, in Mecca, when a man came, you know, this man was from a tribe that was not important. It was an unimportant, it was a lesser, lower tribe. And so he came along and he had this, uh, you know, he, he had this uh, transaction with somebody and the person said, you know, come back after the Hajj season and then we will, I will give you the money. And so the man said, okay, that's fair enough, sounds good. And so he comes back after Hajj season and he goes to the man and he says to him, uh, come back later. And so he waited still for them for later. And then he, he says the same thing. And it went on and on. Until the man was isolated by himself, thinking, well, I, I need my money. <laughs> but I'm not getting my money back. And so there was a decision that was made. This is why when I look at all of you amazing, great people, a lot, but because this is a, this is a conscious decision you made. This is tawfiq from Allah, your juhud, your effort, conscious decision you made. This small group of people gathered in one, in one home. And our Prophet was amongst them, and he was 20 years old. Imagine 20 years old, 20 years before the beginning of his nubuwa. And he said, later on, he described it himself. He said, لَقَدْ شَهِدْتُ فِي دَارْ Abdullah ibn Juda'an Hilfan. I was laqad shahidtu, meaning I was not, I, I saw or even I witnessed, I was participant too. I was participant too. I was involved in, in the home of this man, Abdullah ibn Juda'an, hilfan, like a pact, a treaty, an alliance. And he said that, ma uh, and if I was given a choice between being in that home and entering amongst this alliance amongst the people or having a herd of, of red camels, I would choose to be in that room. I would choose to be in that room. And he said, if I was called to that same pact, that same bond making, that same sense of togetherness, me, we, today in Islam, I would respond to that. And so if you think, subhanAllah, here's our Prophet telling us, and he even then he says, تَحَالَفُوا تَحَالَفُوا وَتُرَدَّ الْفُضُولِ إِلَىٰ أَهْلِهَا وَأَلَّا يَعُزُّ ظَالِمٌ مَظْلُومًا He says, go and fulfill the pacts, make these alliances with people, make these good alliances where your cause is the same where you both have a concern for the wrongdoing unto others. Make those good alliances. Think strategically, think practically. Because if you don't do that, then the ones who are wrongdoers, oppressors, will always have an ascendancy, always have a strength over those who are wronged. And remember, we're not the only victims in this. Allah made us a great ummah. And the great ummah has a great role, has a great task 
Allah made us an ummah of rahmah, an ummah of mercy. All of this is being described of the zulm, of the torture, of the oppression, of the waterboarding, all of this is a complete opposite of everything we stand for as Muslims. Everything our Prophet brought for us. Allah describes, We send you as a rahmah for all the alameen. If he's a rahmah for all the alameen, this completely does away with everything to do with rahmah. And it is our job, therefore, as Muslims to bring back, to try and restore. When the people would gather in you know, Munich or places, small groups of people like Sophia Scholl and the White Rose Movement and small others, Albania, Rwanda, it was because they had in their minds, whatever is happening is crazy. Whatever is happening is horrendous, terrible, sinister, evil. But we have a role as Muslims, not to be the perpetrators, not to be the victims and be in the state of victimhood, but to be the rescuers and not to be the bystanders. May Allah grant all of us strength. May we continue coming to these places. I feel so happy. I feel, I feel as if I have a, the feeling. You imagine that the Prophet in, in, in the house of the image of the An. You know, a few of them, and they're making this thing. We're gonna, this man who doesn't have his rights, he isn't getting his money. What can we do? And they did it together. And they put all their hands in perfume. And it was, and it made a mark on the Kaaba. It was like a way of saying, we all support this man. If we have the same attitude, it would mean something. A man called Stefan Hissel died in 2011. He wrote a book called Time for Outrage. Indignés vous in French. And it was outrage over torture. He wrote the book at the age of 91. He died at the age of 93, if I remember. And it was like his last testament to humanity. Outrage over poverty. It's our concern that people are poor. It's our concern. Outrage over racism is our concern. Outrage over abuse, torture, Outrage over what's happening in Guantanamo, the wars, all of that is our concern. And he ends, in fact, like the brother was saying before me, Dr. Salman, reminded me of his words. His last line was, we call for a mass public uprising against the means of mass communication. So he says, that offer nothing but mass consumption as a prospect for our youth, general amnesia and the outrageous, outrageous competition of all against all. We'll just be at each other's throats, killing each other because we're concerned about money and these things. We have a greater purpose, a higher calling. May Allah allow all of us to fulfill it. Jazakallah khair. Jazakallah khair. You know, uh, some, I'm very, very guilty that whenever Dr. Uthman Latif uh, speaks, I always give him a little bit of extra time. <laughs> it's like, uh, <laughs> yeah, sorry, the rest of you just aren't as good. <laughs> um, you know, Jazakallah Khair, Dr. Uthman. I, you know, when I think about um, the statement, Ta'awun ala birwa taqwa, so cooperate uh, on, on goodness, on righteousness, and God consciousness, right? That for me is like a two part process, right? So cooperate on righteousness. But you know, when you think about it, you can't really cooperate with your own in house group. It's not like I can cooperate with Robani. We're in the same organization. We're already cooperating. We're, we're part of the same clique. We have the same mentality on so many things. So I can't really cooperate with him. Who do I cooperate with? 
I have to cooperate and bring close to me those who aren't exactly inside my in-group. Okay, that takes effort. That takes courage. It takes the ability of seeing past what our differences are and saying, I'm willing to cooperate with you, but then with a boundary. And that boundary is taqwa, or God consciousness. So in our cooperation, yes, we, we, we draw in other people into our, uh, into our stratosphere. We, we hold them close to us. We work with them. But then we have to always remember that it's with fearing Allah that we do that as well. So it's not completely unlimited. You know, we, has, we have to fear Allah in the process as well. So right now, uh, I think we've had a lot to think about because the second half of this is much more about, inshallah, thinking about how we move forward. Okay, so we've identified the problem. We want to think about how we move forward. So I'm going to give a five-minute break. I want everybody back here at, by 8 o'clock, inshallah. There is a space downstairs for those who wish to pray, who haven't prayed Asr yet. So please do take uh, advantage of that facility. Jazakum uh, al-khair. Inshallah, we'll see you after the break.